Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Uh, so, Lofa, before we talk about the Seahawks, um, did you watch some college football this weekend? I did. Yeah. Hey, both our college teams are victorious this weekend, so that was good. Man, squeaked another one out. Yeah, uh, man. SC. Yeah, SC. They're, they're the comeback kids this year, the cardiac, cardiac kids. Yeah, they are. They, um, you know, not doing ourselves any favors, as you like to say in the first quarter or first half, right? <laughs> is that what you like to say, Brett? Yeah, yeah, but hey, UST <laughs> is proving that you can win the game in the fourth quarter, though. Hey, a win's a win. All right. So I won't go too negative on that one. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, I don't know. It's just crazy that it seems to come down to that. And I'm talking like marching the ball at will to the goal line and then marching backwards, whether penalties or, you know, yeah. um, you know, giving it up on downs down there. So some things to clean up. Obviously, it's only the second game in a, uh, a season where they didn't even have much of a camp. So I can't right. be too hard on them, right? Let me shout out my my college team that I root for for a second because Jimmy Lake, brand new head coach of the Washington Huskies. He's a respected guy, you know, great assistant forever and all that. And he wins his first game as head coach. And um, I'm excited about it. They got a freshman quarterback that no one's ever heard of, that no one even knew was going to play in the game or anything. But he looks solid and, you know, they beat the Oregon State Beavers, so I'm happy. Shall we talk about the team that lost this weekend? Our pro team? Uh, I, I think that's pretty much what our listeners like to listen to, so maybe we'll address that one. Well, let me hit the theme song, and then you know, we'll get into it. Let's get this crowd going. Now, come on, get him up, get him up, get him up! Hawks on three. One, two, three. Go. Lofa Tatupu is up in the mix. Go Hawks. I'm just about that action, boss. He takes the snap. He's going to throw down the middle. What a catch! It's intercepted by Lofa Tatupu. That's great football now. It's gonna work now. Let's keep playing. Who's got my back? That's no fun. Player. Trouble playing. Thunder. All one. Ready. Play. Russell looking. Go hard. Russell scrambling. Go Pump faking. Go hard. Still looking. Now he spins out. We got a fly, baby. 40. Down the far sideline. He's still moving. He's gonna go. Let's go. go. 20. 10. They do it again. Touchdown. 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 Seahawks. Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Brett Davern. He is Lofa Tatupu, and we're with you every week talking our about our favorite pro team, the Seahawks. Unfortunately, this week, Lofa, we're going to be talking about a loss again. It's the second straight loss for the team. They fall to the Rams 16-23 to down here in Los Angeles. Um, and the turnovers are just, you know, the story of the game again, at least for the Seahawks offense. What was your biggest takeaway coming off of that game? Or how do you feel in general, I guess? Feel like it's a game we let get away. Um, feel like we should have won that one. And, you know, I know I said that the last couple of weeks, but I believe that, that we had that one. It's um, they didn't do anything that impressive 
Uh, I thought our defense had a solid game. Uh, would like to see another turnover or two. That's uh, always, I guess, my biggest takeaway is we need more takeaways. Um, <laughs> that's it's just what gives you a chance to win when you do give up a lot of yards. So we gave up a, a good amount of yards, but holding them to 23, you know, pleasantly surprised by that. Our defense has continually picked it up. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm excited about what I'm seeing on that side of the ball. Well, hey, before we really get into breaking this one down, let me remind everyone that our sponsor is betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. They got prop bets going for the NBA upcoming season already on betonline.ag. So get over there, place a few wagers. You can also make some wagers in their online 24-7 casino, which never closes. It's betonline.ag, everybody. Use our promo code. Believe that's spelt B L E A V for all the welcome bonuses when you sign up. That's promo code believe at betonline.ag. Lofa, I'm trying to pep it up for this episode, man. I'm trying to bring some energy, but I don't have any. And it looks like the Seahawks don't really have much either, man. I got to tell you, from sitting on the couch and just watching the game and watching a lot of other games like I do, watching college games like I do. It just seems like the Seahawks just have sort of a general, I don't know, man. They just seem like they're kind of sleepwalking through the game while the other team shows up ready to play. And it's just, we're getting smacked in the mouth early. And yeah, I don't know if it's a lack of energy as it is maybe a lack of identity, um, you know, on either side of the ball. And, um, you know, in years past, you had the Legion of Boom. You had a you know a top five rushing attack on offense too to you know hang your hat on. But right now our running backs are, are hurt. It it seems like we're not even trying to establish the run. Um, Al Collins did some great things to start off the game, especially yeah. that touchdown um, on that toss sweep. And and then just I don't know might might have got like eight more carries after that. So. Um, I know the theme's always been let Russ cook, and he's done you know his fair share of cooking, but teams are really taking away the big play right now, and that's what's most obvious to me is that when he is holding onto the ball, it's not that he doesn't know what he's seeing. It's that he doesn't like what he's seeing, and you, you're, they're, they're up top, and you got to believe even if it's a 50-50 chance, he'll throw that ball you know, to Metcalf, but he's not even getting that kind of feeling from where he's sitting in the pocket. He doesn't see a chance, so he's like, okay – I'm going to go underneath. And by that time, if that's not there, you got to get rid of it now to the flats or, you know, just get what you can. And I think that that's, what's kind of, you know, the hard part right now for, for him in the offense. Well, I'm wondering what the fans think, you know, you guys can hit us up at Seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's the email, or you can find us on any social media at Seahawks pod, or just search Seahawks podcast, find the one with Lofa and I, and then, you know, just hit us up. I, I want to know how the 12s are feeling out there. Like, what how how do you guys think that we can we can fix this right now because i know the team is 6 and 3 but they certainly don't look like it i mean let me read you some stats here okay russell wilson 8 carries 60 yards alex collins 11 carries 43 yards that's almost 4 yards a carry and he adds a touchdown on top of that tyler lockett 5 catches 66 yards on 9 targets um like defensively jamal adams two sacks and a, a strip fumble sack in the game you know, um, giving up 23 points on defense. If I just tell you those things and you don't know the outcome of the game, it seems like we we, we were either in it more than it, we really were when you were watching, you know, or it seems like that should be a win. So 
I don't know, man. I'm kind of like you. I'm just sort of like at a loss with this team right now going like sometimes it's the defense. Now it seems like it's the offense. They just don't seem to really be gelling together and putting together a complete game out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, something had to give those a number one offense versus number two defense. And so um, you got to give them credit. That's a tough defense. They showed up six or seven sacks, whatever they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they gave us, gave us fits, but, um, towards, towards the end of the game, really some, some decision-making that's uncharacteristic characteristic of Russ, just like in that, that last drive or two, um, you got to get out of bounds on that mm-hmm. one where, you know, we're always, we're always begging for him to go down early. Right. And this yeah. is the one time he actually yeah. does slide inbounds and instead of just taking it another two or three yards to the left to get out of bounds, we lost about a good 30, 40 seconds there um, right. before we yeah. got to the, Yeah. And so that's just, that's a tough one. And at that point, I'm just thinking like, okay, well just spike the timeout because they're going to be useless to you anyways. If, if, and, um, but they, they did, they tried another couple plays for the touchdown because you're already down there. You want to get the seven. That way you're only forced to kick a field goal. Um, when, when you, if you get the onside and so, um, you know, they took the field goal on second down and, and then, you know, tried to get it back. And But that that was – it was too much time off the clock. Um, yeah. I Every time we lose a close game, I want the onside kick rules completely changed and overhauled in the NFL. And then, of course, every time we win a game by recovering an onside kick, I love the, the way that it's done right now. But really, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a bummer when your team is down by two scores and there's, you know, three to four minutes left in the game. It just really feels like – it's going to be so hard to get a chance at those two scores. I wish the NFL would, um, they're so good at innovating, you know, and like changing rules up to make the game more exciting. I think that's really something they're going to need to look at in the next few years uh, coming up. And also from a Seahawk perspective, I mean, Myers doesn't even kick the onside kicks. You got Dick, Dixon out there, drop kick. It's all onside kicks with us is kind of funky anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know why everybody's gone away from the two bounce and then uh, the one we've been running since we were pop Warner, you know, seven, eight year old kids. That's the only one we knew how to kick. Yeah. That one, it just two, two rolls, like, you know, on the ground, like a, a ground ball and then the high hop. And, yeah. you know, people get scared when they see that high hop and, and they have to go up and either get it or they're waiting for it. There's a lot of indecision that happens. And, you know, I, I those are the ones I want to see someone just bring that one back. You know, it seems like everyone's creating a new kick, like you said, a drop kick or something else. I don't see anybody covering any of them, uh, yeah. except for the guy from the Falcons. That guy, he's got like an insane percentage of making addition, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, does it feel like the Seahawks lost this game or does it feel like the Rams won it? And to me, it just feels like we kind of got dominated a little bit out there. But then again, like I said, you look at the stat column, you look at the score. It seems like we were right in it. It just felt weird it just kind of felt like half the team didn't get off the bus to me i don't know it it did feel kind of weird and i mean it wasn't i mean you look at the stats and you kind of question like okay well they didn't they didn't run it with great success they had a decent amount of yards but they they had their touchdowns through through running the ball but goff 300 yards no touchdowns um there was you know a couple big plays to cup over the middle uh, on that play action early on but i didn't you know woods didn't go off for 150 like, like he's been doing. And so, yeah, it was just, it was strange, right. To see it just kind of, I don't know how it unfolded. 
Yeah, let me back that up with the, with the actual numbers here. I mean, total yards, Seattle 333 to the Rams 389, so not a huge disparity there. Passing yards, Seattle 220, the Rams 283. Rushing yards, Seattle 113, the Rams 106. So in terms of like yards and all the things we've been harping on all season, we were right there in this game. Lofa, I think we got to look right at uh, number three, the MVP candidate from early in the season, uh, Russell Wilson. You know, he's being uncharacteristically careless with the ball, and it just looks to me like he's just not right right now, whether he's pressing or, you know, I'm not really sure what's up, but um, these turnovers are on him. You know, the bad snap, we can have that one not be on him. But the two picks, I mean – I know it looked like Will Disley was wide open, but throwing across his body when he had a clear first down that he could have run for there, it's just, it's maddening as a fan to watch that happen. Uh, how do you think Russell turns this around? And I mean, we know he's his own worst self or, um, you know, mm-hmm. harshest critic, you know, I mean, it's not like, it's not like he's not going to try to get right, but what do you see with Russell? You think he's injured? Is, is he in his head? Is he pressing too hard? No, yeah, I think he's just trying to create. He's um, he's pressing, you know, to to you know make up for no run game, and and you know just all of our our running backs hurt, so he feels like he has to do it all. That first interception, um, I'm not gonna lie, from the TV copy, like I didn't even see the guy. He's camouflaged in that end zone with the exact same colors color scheme. Like I was like, oh, that's a touchdown. I was like, oh, where'd that guy come from? Yeah, he so, came out of nowhere. Yeah. So I don't really fault him. It looks like he looked like part of the end zone to me, you know? Um, but that, that second one to Olsen now, um, that one, he, he was open for a split second. That was just an incredible play by 31. Um, Cause I mean, he, he just went for it. He committed, he went downhill and he attacked, you know, the, the ball. And that's, that's what you got to do uh, when you have those opportunities. So um, that, that was really just a great play, um, but maybe the ball was thrown a little late. Could have, could have hit, could have thrown it right as uh, Olson was breaking out because he had like maybe a yard. But that kid came downhill, and that's what you teach, and that's what you do uh, to make plays. So, just yeah, protecting the ball. It's it's like the number one uh, thing that that they preach in that building. Uh, and now you know, ever since we were at SC with Pete. Yeah. The turnover margin. It's- it, it, it seems like right there, man, that's where the game turned was that first interception, whether Russ saw the guy coming. I mean, obviously, it looks like he didn't see it. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have thrown it otherwise. And like you said, it, I mean, that, that guy really did come from nowhere in the end zone there. But if you look at sort of the, the, the sequence of the game there, I mean, the Rams, they had a field goal on their opening drive, felt like a win for the Seahawks. We come right back, get that great touchdown on a great run from Alex Collins, looking like mini beast mode out there, like, just a really impressive drive from the Seahawks. They then answer back with a touchdown. We then punt. They get the ball back, and um, and and they go another touchdown. We go field goal. So now it's ten to seventeen. Then that's where Jamal Adams gets his strip sack of Jared Goff, and it looks like you know here we go. Like Russ is coming in, and then the two plays later, that was the interception. And I don't know. It just seemed like Russ was shaken from from that point on. Um, I never really was able to get it back and, and started forcing from there. Oh, I want to talk about Jamal Adams, though, because that, that was his strip sack. Um, early in the game, there was a running play on the goal line. It looked like Jamal could have had a shot at, uh, was it Henderson or Brown? I can't it remember. It was Brown. Okay. Um, and it looked like Jamal didn't 
shoot his shot or launch at the guy, or I don't know what the terminology is there. What did you see on that play? Well, it looked like we were gapped out and, and it looked like Bobby and Jamal were about to press their gaps and they really, they just didn't. Um, and that's why Puna, he got double teamed and, um, and, and knocked to the ground. And it, it's almost like the perfect storm in terms of like things that can go wrong. So the double teams getting push on your B gap player, which is Puna. And then Bobby looks like Bobby's got the A gap and it looks like the C gap belongs to um, Jamal. And if everybody hits it at the same time, we get into the backfield, we have three guys versus two. So mm -hmm. someone's going to be a free defender. And it just looks like they got enough push before either of those guys triggered and, and went. And Puna falls down. Um, the, the tackle comes off onto Jamal. And then the guard's going off to Bobby. And Malcolm Brown just jumps over Puna. And it's just like, like I, I've, how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of football. That's like the perfect storm of horrible events that could happen. And, um, you know, is it possible that Jamal just didn't see him? Like, was his head ducked a little bit? And he just, because I mean, you guys are wearing helmets and there's all this he, equipment. Like, is it literally possible that he just didn't see him run right past him? That's he jumped. Yeah. He jumped between, he That's jumped between those two blockers. Right. And while one was on the ground, one was up towards Jamal, is what I remember. And uh, Puna was on the ground. Malcolm just jumped right over the top and like Bobby's already, he's in his gap. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like the, the, the sea opened up and he jumped over it. <laughs> it was a weird looking play, man. The optics on it were not good at all. And it looked like Pete Carroll had a moment with Jamal on the sideline there. Um, what do you think was going on? I don't know what I saw him go over and talk to him and, and Jamal had the towel on his head. Just, you know, um, yeah. probably going over the events that just happened and, you know, who knows what, what he said? Because, I mean, they said last week that they had a heated exchange and it wasn't Jamal, like, was excited because he, like, got a blitz and and Pete, like, patted him on the head. He's like, yeah, we'll keep sending you. Like, but everybody else was like, oh, it looks like they had words. So, right. I don't, I don't ever, no. even begin to speculate on that sideline transactions. Media types always trying to throw drama in. They are. No drama, yeah. you know. Uh, to, to me, it might, it looked like maybe what was happening in that situation was, you know, Jamal went to the locker room after the first drive. He had something with his shoulder, right? So they took him back and got him checked out. That play was not on the first drive. It looked like it could just be as simple as Pete going over and saying, hey, if your shoulder's not right, and that's why you didn't launch at that guy. We got to pull you out of the game because we need someone who can, you know, like tell me if you're okay or not. He comes back after after that, and, you know, he's got his two sacks in the game. He had two tackles for losses, which I guess are the sacks. Um, six tackles overall, one assisted, and, you know, he forced that fumble. So whatever Pete said to him or or whatever happened after that play, I, I was okay with Jamal's play going forward after that. Trust me, it was not uh, – that guy doesn't turn down contact. I mean <laughs> – that's obvious. So um, if that's what we're talking about in terms of, you know, he didn't, I, I got to believe he went to his gap and he didn't see the guy cut back in because I'm not worried about 33 taking on anybody. I mean, that's, yeah. that's been his, his whole, uh, you know, his style of play is aggressive and, and, and downhill and getting it. So. Well, speaking of things happening on the sidelines, did you see the head referee giving Jared Goff lessons on how to snap the ball on the sideline? What the hell was that about? Yeah, that was odd, uh, to say the least. That, ever like, in my entire life. I, what was going on? Did we get an explanation for that? I have no idea. I mean, they come back from a commercial break, and the broadcast shows Cleet Blakeman, the head referee, on the Rams' sideline. Not on the field. 
on the Rams sideline at their bench. Yeah. Standing in front of Jared Goff, who's sitting on the bench. And Cleet Blakeman literally looks like he's instructing him on how to call for a snap from the shotgun position. I, I don't understand. I mean, are there professionals or not? Just drop the flag, Cleet, if he's doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> for, from you, Lofa, though, I mean, you used to be out there running around. Do referees tell you, like, hey, you're getting close to me calling you for something here? Watch that. Or what's the relationship like between refs and players during the game? You could give a warning. You know, and they generally do, but I've never seen anybody just go right to the team's sideline, their bench, yeah, and and instruct a guy on, you know, usually it's like, hey, no move, you know, you're moving too much before the snap, like you're going forward. And I mean, he was literally over there hanging out with them. I've never, I've never seen that in my life. Can we drop the let Russ cook thing? Now, he's a couple games in a row, turning the ball over, maybe we're putting too much pressure on him or something. I just think we need to let it go too. Let's just get back to running the rock. Let's get back to doing what the Seahawks do. You know, I mean, where's DJ Dallas, man. He had a good couple weeks coming into that. They gave him the ball. He looked quick on a couple plays. I just feel like sometimes the Seahawks outthink themselves, you know, uh, in my opinion, obviously, I don't know what's going on in the building, but just as I'm watching the games, it just feels like, like you said at the very beginning of this episode, we need to establish that identity and get back to doing what the Seahawks do. Tough defense, run the ball, control the clock, let Russell work off of the play action. Seems like the recipe for success like it always has been, and uh, I'm looking for them to get back to that on Thursday night. So the best thing is that we have a game in three days. <laughs> Four days, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing, especially having this, this you know, horrible taste. Two, two, when was the last time we lost two games in a row, right? Or I, I, I can't remember. And, and even with Russ, he hasn't thrown – multi-interception games back-to-back since his rookie year. Mm. So that hasn't happened since 2012. What we are going to have to do is just getting those turnovers. And I know I sound every week, I sound like just it's the same episode on here. (laughs) Sorry, everybody, but this is the truth. If you're going to, if you're going to hide some of these yards and, and, you know, um, these, you know, the way these offenses are are getting plays, you got to give the ball back to our offense. And, um, and then you got to believe that Russ will start to protect the ball a little more. I know it's going to be, especially with the Cardinals coming up, right? Yeah. Um, that's going to be at the top of our list in terms of things to get done. And we do that, you know, the, the, this game, we, we gave the ball up, what, three times? They had plus two on us, and, uh, and they still – they barely came away with a win. The, the short week is just what the doctor ordered, especially with two, you know – two losses coming off two losses you know they want to get back to work you you look at a couple situations in this past game and then you just burn that film and you don't look back at it until we play the rams again and and how they would like to attack us you know, that's why you revisit it but but right now there's no point in you know beating guys up in that in that meeting that team i've been a part of those i've been on both sides i've been you know you know, the coach and also the player in that meeting. And all you want to do is just get this horrible feeling, you know, out of it. And so you just get back to work and that's what they're going to do. Well, before we get out of here, let's check in on our zone in players and give an update on our zone in contest out there. Every week, Lofa picks some players to zone in on because his company is zone in CBD. You can find it online zone in CBD.com or at all Bartels drug stores up there in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Lofa, this week you had us zoning in on Jacob Hollister 
and he had one catch for six yards. So if you guys emailed in out there and took the under on Jacob Hollister's stat line, you're big winners. And we'll pick one at random and send you guys a CBD gift package from Zone in CBD. For now, though, that's a wrap on the Seahawks podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, later in the week to talk about the Arizona Cardinals game, probably right before the Arizona Cardinals game. Um since it's a shortened week for us, but mm-hmm. we appreciate all of you guys listening. If you have thoughts at any point, you can hit us up on seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's the email address or any social media at seahawkspod. Lofa, break us down. Still in first because we're still in first. So stop crying over there, Brett. Everybody out there, it's going to be okay. Uh, this could be the CBD talking though. Uh, so, <laughs> so still in first. Right? We're in a three-way tie for first. That's it, yeah. Yeah. So we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of a three-way. There, <laughs> there's a lot to be grateful for. We're still in first. Yeah, man. All right. Every time Just, I'm in a three-way, I'm super thankful. Uh, still in first on three. One, two, three. Still in first. Three-way. Oh, I'm still in first. <laughs> Unbelievable. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.